When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Over the Monster Precap Podcast. I am not Keaton DeRocher. <laughs> I am Brian Joyner. I am here with Bailey Von Schneider. Yeah. And uh, I am filling in for Keaton as he is either in London or on London time. He's not able to be here. Um, and Keaton and I, being the frenemies that we are, um, I will attempt to keep the editorial comments at a minimum. Um, so we will start by recapping the first sweep of the year. Woo! The Red Sox sweep the Mariners uh, over a four-game series, which is incredible that their first sweep came in a four-game series. Yeah, I was so happy. I called it on the last one, just like hoping that we were going to get a sweep. I thought we could do it, and I was very, very happy that they did it, finally. I think that the problem was that the degree of difficulty in the three-game series wasn't high enough. True, true. So they they rose to the challenge. In the first game, um, it was George Kirby, who is a phenomenal rookie, against Rich Hill, who is not a rookie in any sense of the word. <laughs> and Hill uh, kind of got taken to the woodshed for four runs over two innings. Mm-hmm. Um However, Tanner Houck relieved him and went four innings and did not allow a run. 
which kept the Sox in it. John Schreiber also came in, um, gave him a scoreless inning. Saramura and Strom and Brazier ended up giving up two runs over three innings with Strom, or two and two-thirds. Strom not giving up uh, a run. I've always loved Strom. Mm-hmm. And then there was a bunch of doubles, but the big, big flashing story of this game Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a game that we will remember for a very long time. Was Trevor Story hitting three home runs? Not one home run and not two. But what he did was after the second one, he hit a third one. So what do you think about that, Bailey? Oh, I was just so happy to finally see this happen for him because I thought this was a great signing. I was very excited, especially for that swing. We are seeing how built it is for Fenway. Every one of these home runs that he has hit over the series, they were all over the monster. It looked like it was just easy power. I mean, there was an adjustment period for him coming, not even just coming from Colorado, just getting everybody had a late spring training, but then his was even less because he was signed a little bit later then his wife had their first child then he got food poisoning at one point so it was like everything was sort of you know in the baseball sense was working against him uh while his personal life was going well like the baseball life was a little bit of a struggle and now it's just all coming together it's coming together at fenway for him he's getting to do it in front of these fans so i'm just so excited that it's finally happening for him his like savant page is starting to look really pretty there's a lot of red in there he's really starting to make these numbers look look great and man this could end up being quite a great signing for the red sox yeah i love the signing when they made it and it Mm -hmm. i thought it was the 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 best sign that high bloom wasn't going to be uh a skin flint in in all areas all the time and i sort of didn't expect him to but this was uh i mean i still think it was a, a I don't think they would have signed him if it wasn't good value-wise. But I, mm-hmm. I believed in story. And um, when players struggle through, like, the first six weeks or however long, it's easy to get really down on them because you haven't seen mm-hmm. them uh, perform. But the same was true with David, with David Ortiz when he joined the Red Sox. And the same was true with David Ortiz, like, ten years later yeah. when he couldn't hit a home run to save his life. And they did, and he was back. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is incredible to see. I never doubted the Sox were going to hit. It, it That was, they're too good. Like, yes. They're, they're just too good not to do it. So, it's nice. It's nice that they started now. This is more what we were expecting of them. Um and this was an amazing way to start the series, especially with Kirby on the mound. And Kirby has been great. Um, and then they went to uh, the second game and uh, Trevor Story fell apart, right? <laughs> yeah, so uh, what happened in game two is the pitching matchup was uh, the reigning Cy Young award winner, Robbie Ray, versus Michael Walker, who has just been everything and more that the Red Sox could have asked for. This was his first start coming off of the IL, had a little bit of an injury. He pitched four and two-thirds. He gave up four hits, two earned, three walks, three Ks. I mean, again, 
he's coming in and people weren't even sure if he was going to make the rotation. And now he's been one of their better pitchers. And then the bullpen looked really good. You know, Davis followed. He struck out two and an inning in a third. Then we had Diekman, Schreiber, Strom, all zero earned runs to end the game. Like the, the things just seem to be coming together really well. And then, of course, you know, the the backtrack of of you know Trevor Story it was just you know one home run but you know it happened to be a grand slam it was a pretty good one in the third the my the funny aspect of it was that Johnny Gomes actually caught it up on the monster he was going crazy he was having a great time so lots of great energy in Fenway uh, then JBJ actually came out hit his first home run of the season he's been really using the monster really well I'm, I'm wondering like what do you think about JBJ I felt like he's been actually taking some pretty sweet swings in the series do you think that he could actually really become a value at the bottom of this lineup yeah I mean he can do it for like three weeks at a time <laughs> yeah this is what I'll he does him. like yeah, true. when he is hitting well he hits well not well mm-hmm. for JBJ he hits well I do have to take character uh, issue with the characterization that you had and other people had. It's not just you, and it, it's not a big issue. When people say Johnny Gomes caught the ball, because what oh, I was he expecting, not? he oh. didn't. It bounced off his hands, uh. and then he scooted around on the ground. Now, there was nobody <laughs> near him, but he didn't actually catch it. But it was um, Johnny Gomes is... Just uh, an incredible Red Sox character, and that was nice. Absolutely. I mean, in, given, especially given how the Red Sox have been um, and how much they've needed these wins, which, spoiler alert, people, the Red Sox win the next two games over the Mariners. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like uh, not only is the are the play is the play coming together, the vibes are coming together. Yes. So um, and. Nothing can make the vibes come together more than JBJ going on one of his patented, absolutely white hot streaks. Yeah, you're right. It they are. You're right. It's not just JBJ good. It's like looks like the best hitter in baseball good for like three weeks. So I'll take those. I and I'll take it now when we need wins. Absolutely. But it's like, do you think that the offense is finally actually coming together? Like, do you think they're really clicking on all the cylinders? Because I think they've looked just so good over this, you know, past six games that I think it's really starting to come together. And this is the offense that we were promised, really. I think, I mean, they're very close if they're not there. The the thing Mm -hmm. is, Devers is a constant. Devers is always going to be Mm -hmm. uh, this, this good. So when Story goes into a hot streak, that's great. And when JBJ goes into a hot streak, that's great. Um, there's definitely a rising tide aspect here. But the thing, the thing with the Red Sox is their hitters are good. Like they are, except for yes. like the only one who's kind of not good. Well, he's not the only one. Sorry, Bobby. Um, JBJ is, can be bad. Yes. So when he is good, if, there's someone even besides Devers that's on a heater, like Story is, then everything else is just added value. So right now things are, I mean, look, there is no two ways about this. It's plain as day. They hadn't won three in a row before they won five in a row now. Mm -hmm. This is by far the best they've played all year. Absolutely. And... To drive that home in the third game, 
their best pitcher on the year, Garrett Whitlock, got pummeled over three innings and was not, he was just, this was a, the inverse of what we've seen all year with Whitlock where um, he was not good, but the offense ended up picking him up. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just the offense, but the bullpen. Um, yes. He gave up five runs in three innings, but then um, Danish, Deakman, Robles, Schreiber, Barnes, six scoreless innings to finish out the game. Mm-hmm. And then our sweet, beefy boy <laughs> hit two homers, one in the third and one in the fifth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, we got some, we dabbled some singles around to win six five this is the type of win that i always find to be the most impressive um Mm. and the most satisfying uh for a team that i mean look they had won two series in a row but they hadn't swept any series yes this particular game especially when whitlock went haywire it's a time you can look at the game and be like, you know what? This isn't our year. And look, maybe it's our year. Maybe it's not our year. But it can only you can only lose the season in the first couple months. You can't win it. True. Um, and this seemed like a game where they were reinforcing the wall of not losing it. So um, it was awesome to see. And what did you think about this one? Especially like, it's really sad watching Whitlock be like that. But you know what? It's it. It was one game. So, yes. um, what were your feelings about this one? Yeah, I mean, everybody has a bad game for sure. Um, even Garrett Whitlock, and I'm still, uh, you know, you know, you look all over Twitter. Everybody was begging for him to be back in the bullpen. I'm still on the train of Garrett Whitlock, the starter. I think it is an adjustment period for him right now because you went from, you know, always being a starter in the minor leagues to having Tommy John to then, you know, getting picked by the Red Sox in the Rule Five draft, being only utilized in the bullpen for the whole of 2021. Uh, going into 2022, believing that you're also probably going to be in the bullpen, and then they sort of flip the script on him, and it's like, oh, yeah, now you're going to be a starter. I mean, this is an adjustment period. Like, he would, you know, we'll see how they feel it out, whether or not, you know, when we get um, Chris Sale back, if Whitlock goes to the pen. Um, I think overall he should be, but I think he needs a full off season in order to actually prepare himself for the starting role. Um, so I don't really ever look badly upon a bad start from him. Um, I think that it is what it is sometimes with starts. Uh, Ten hits in three innings was terrible, five runs. But again, we had the bullpen and our offense come and really help pick him up. And that's just a great morale booster for not just you know, Garrett Whitlock for like everybody in that dugout. So I don't look, uh, I don't look poorly upon really anything that Garrett Whitlock does because he's doing everything for the team that we could possibly ask for. Yeah, and you know what else you love to see? Like, look, Devers hit two homers. That's the mm-hmm. main thing. But when the other big hits are from Dahlbeck and Vasquez, guys that yes. don't contribute as much as we'd like, obviously, yeah. um, it's a rising tide situation with, with the roster. Um, Absolutely. So then they had one game left to go. 
They did, and in this one we had uh, Logan Gilbert, who has looked pretty pretty darn good for you know the Seattle Mariners. They've got some really good youthful arms there against Nathan Ovaldi, who is coming off one of the worst outings I've ever seen as he towed the rubber, including giving up five home runs in an inning. And what he did is what you know people you pay your ace to do. He came out and he really dominated them over six and two thirds. You know, there was four hits, two runs, um, you know, one walk, 11 strikeouts. But like, you know, the, the blemish truly was just a little dinky, you know, Fenway pesky pole home run to Adam Frazier. It was like everything that he did he did well in this game according to 11 strikeouts he got his 1000th strikeout of his career i mean you can't really ask for more especially coming off a bad outing it was just absolutely incredible truthfully what we saw from him and then you know davis would come in and do two-thirds of an innings unfortunately it was hansel robles that blew the game in the ninth allowing a game timing tying home run to uh eugenio suarez but for the most part uh robles has pitched really well davis has pitched really well and then thankfully the offense was able to pick up right where they left off you know trevor story hit a home run yet again um, in the sixth inning. Christian Arroyo actually got all of the scoring started with a solo blast in the second. And then, of course, we had to take this to extras. And, of course, the uh, Ghost Runner scored off of Diekman, um, you know, in the 10th. But then we brought up, you know, the bottom of the 10th. You know, the Red Sox have, you know, the bases loaded. Um, it's looking a little dicey. It looks like we're maybe going to the 11th. And then Frenchie Cordero just absolutely hits a blast. No doubter. Two right. It's in the stands. It's over the bullpen. And it's a walk-off grand slam. And now I want to mm-hmm. ask you how you're feeling about Franchi. Because for me, I'm, I'm loving what I'm seeing so far. Yeah, I mean, his name is Franchi. I've always wanted to like him. I mean, like, <laughs> like, it's, of course. Really, it's really, that's, it's also like, big left-handed handed dude like i, I want to see that mm-hmm. and like he look he, he's been much better much um better. and he, he's putting a little bit of that worcester uh red Sox uh <laughs> oomph into the ball yeah which is great um you know this is i i thought this game was incredibly important and for for me this game is like shows the degree to which, like, we, you and I, and everybody else can get up and down about player performance, but these guys are pros. And, mm-hmm. like, this is a, this show that, like, Evaldi, Evaldi is, like, as pro as pro is going to get. Like, he, that's the thing you know about him. He's just going to go out there and shove it. Now, sometimes he shoves it right down the middle of the plate. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's going to give it what he has, uh, and this was the best application of that and look yeah the bullpen blew it but you know what bullpens are gonna blow games of course um i think the story to like as much as i'm i'm happy with what franchi did uh like another story home run story Mm -hmm. made this series what it was and Absolutely. it's and if the Red Sox can go on a sustained run and get back into the um playoff hunt, it will be um a note 
that he did it. And look, given the uncertainty, <laughs> I was going to say uncertainty with Xander, but I kind of feel like it's certainty with Xander that he's not going to be here. Sorry. Sorry, haters. I'm sorry. Um, I wish he would stay, but I, I, I get the sense that story is a, is given the money he's going to command his priority. This was a great sign for that. However, yeah. a sweep, the first sweep, Matt got to use the uh, SpongeBob sweeping gift, which <laughs> he has not been able to use all year. Um, Very so happy, I'm sure. <laughs> I, I may have spoiled the answer here, but who was your MVP of this series? Oh, yeah, it, it has to be a story. I mean, it was I was like five home runs in the series, like... I mean, what more could we have possibly asked from him? And and you do speak to the idea of like him being, you know, potentially moving right over to take over for Xander Bogarts. I I'm praying and hoping that it's just a, a good tag team of, uh, you know, the future of Bogarts and Story going forward at short and second. Um, I don't want to give up on the idea of Xander Bogarts not finishing his career at Fenway. I know a lot of factors go into that, and Scott Boris is a, is a huge factor in it, and somebody wanting to pay him as much as I love Xander Bogarts, I don't think he's a $30 million a year player, as good as he is. Um, and somebody might pay him $30 million, so it's hard not to go play for a team that's never going to win anything as long as they're paying 30 then taking a little bit of a discount to potentially win. But again, I'm also a bitter person that, like, I would take a little bit less money to, you know, finish my entire career with such an historic franchise and be in a position to potentially win every year. But, you know, money does talk in um, in all that. But I'm, I am hoping that, you know, we do have Xander Bogarts for the future. But you're right, if we don't, I think this is somebody that can slide in nicely until somebody like Marcelo Meyer is ready to be the future shortstop of the Boston Red Sox. Wow, you think Xander's going to go to the Yankees who never win anything? It's true, it's true. Oh my God, Confirmed. no, I don't think. I think that would be, no. I think it people would be happen. more upset than Johnny Damon. <laughs> yeah, I did a little bit. Um, yeah. <laughs> as much as I'm supposed to disagree with you here, uh, Trevor Story is the MVP of that series. I Absolutely. mean, that is... He's not just the MVP of that series. Like, there's the define. So, uh, because I live in New York, sorry, <laughs> folks. Um, <laughs> when Jason Giambi, and, and I'm of an older uh, cast to a lot of our listeners, um, when Jason Giambi came to New York, he had a really difficult time adjusting. It just happens. Um, sure but he had this grand slam against the Twins to win a game, and it was like from that moment on, nothing was the same and it was like a very unfortunate for us but like clear moment of delineation i feel like that is exactly what happened with story uh this yeah. week Th this is this is what we, like he's not going to do this all the time of course oh. he's not going to do this all the time um but there's no more angst about and I, I did not have it, but it's it's hard not to feel when things are going bad. Like, oh, did we mm -hmm. did we sign did, did we sign a did we get a lemon? And, oh, and the, of course. Yeah. And the and the answer is they did not. They did not. They got a really really great player. So now we have the bad socks. They are. <laughs> uh, we're playing the bad socks, mm -hmm. and they. The White Sox have a record that sort of belies their talent level, I think, yes. m much as the Red Sox do. Um, they're true. sort of sort of in the same position here, where the White Sox have 
just gobs of talent. And um, but they're they're a game above five hundred. Uh, they just came up very, very contentious series with the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Oh God, yes. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. Yeah. That is, um... That's something else. Good. The good part is, no, no worries about racial issues in Boston. So let's continue. Um, <laughs> the first game is, um, is, so, the first game is Pavetta and uh, Nick Pavetta, who is coming off, literally his most, uh, for everything he did last year, his most impressive start as a Red Sox. Absolutely. Yeah, I just. Kicked off this five-game winning streak, complete game, just no doubter, best start as a Red Sox. Absolutely. And you'd like him to have the the um, the advantage over the opposing pitcher, but the opposing pitcher is Dylan Cease, who is very good. Yeah, he's been incredible this year. So in this particular matchup, what do you think? This one's really, really tough. Um, you know, overall, I'm thinking that, like, the Red Sox can win the series 2-1. Um, and the, I think this this one is going to be the most difficult. But then, again, Pavetta just really goes off of how well he pitched last time. But, of course, you know, this is a, a different beast. Like, this is a pretty, pretty potent offense, even though they have been underperforming. Um, I can only hope that, you know, they're going to bounce back from the last time that they played the White Sox, you know, when the White Sox were here at Fenway, and now we're going to go, um, you know, to the south side. So I think this is going to probably be the most difficult game. So I think if the Red Sox are going to lose a game within this series, I do feel like it might be this first game, but I think it could be a close one. I think Pavetta is probably going to go out there and pitch really well, but Dylan Cease has just been pitching his butt off this year, really. So I think this is going to be the most difficult matchup in the series for sure. Well, I mean, you say that, but like pitchers get a lot of uh, uh, momentum by using their butt. So if he doesn't have a butt, it's, it's, it's going to be he hard needs to that pitch. Butt. He does need that butt. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is a tough one. And what applies to Evaldi applies to Vivetta as well. Is that Evaldi had a, his worst start of his career and followed up with a really good one and Pavetta had his best start as a Red Sox. We'll see how he follows it up. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, this could be a tough one, but this is why they play the games. Um, and I can tell you that if this was 
20 years ago, I would have been at that game because I went to every Red Sox-Yankees, or Yankees, White Sox game on the south side when I was in college and beyond. Uh, not that that matters for this. Uh, the next game is uh, Rich Hill, who, now this can play into the idea of, hey, if you had one start that's bad, doesn't mean mm-hmm. he can't be good the next one because his last start was bad. Um, against Lucas Giolito, who I begrudgingly admit is like one of the cooler players in baseball. Mm-hmm. And I think is, um, I mean, in addition to being good, very online, very good online. And like, that's a, mm-hmm. is very critical to me. Um, so what do you see with this one? Yeah, I see, like you say, um, Rich Hill coming and having a pretty decent start. Um, I think that he can probably, uh, you know, go obviously deeper than he just did. Um, I would love to get a five out of him. It love if he could go six and just keep it to like, you know, three runs or less would be really great because I think the Red Sox can get to Giolito. They have gotten to Giolito in the past. Also, Giolito is very very good you know a little bit of something as simple as you know mechanics really made him go from in i think it was in like 2018 or 2019 one of the worst pitchers in baseball to you know being now one of the best and that was really just the arm slot of where he was throwing from just really changed his entire game um, so again, it will be a tough one. I do love how you know the Yankees get the, uh, the you know the schlubs of the Chicago White Sox, and the Red Sox have to immediately go right in there and face Cease and Giolito. So fun times for the Sox. It's going to be um, definitely difficult for them. Uh, but I think they could take Game Two. I really do. I think that the offense has just been really clicking, and um, I think I think this will be a good one for them. I think that the Sox will be able to get to Giolito. I I mean this would be great for our country and great for content i would love the, i would mm-hmm. love the content if giolito uh gets beaten and then we have waka um i don't remember who from over the monster wrote the waka waka this one's for uh for boston for mm-hmm. uh for our lineups this week uh, stephen thompson i think uh, it was wonderful versus we don't know who's gonna pitch mm-hmm. uh, so it really comes down to aside from the rosters what do you, let me ask you just a broader question. Do you believe what Waka is doing is real? I do just because of it's been happening and he hasn't regressed. But this is again, we, we, we will talk. This is a very strong lineup. Yes, they have been underperforming. But again, this is a lineup that has an immense amount of talent. So I think this might be one of the more difficult ones that Waka will face. So if he does pitch successfully against the Chicago White Sox, I think we can really talk about this being for real, which is crazy. Um, like, truthfully, uh, it's, it's at this point, it's like when he comes, you know, when you bring sale back into this lineup, like you're going to, you're going to have a sale. You're going to have an Evaldi. I don't know if, if, in, if they're going to keep Whitlock in there, but then you have like Hill might be that odd man out. And then if you have, you know, walk a pitching as well as he has, like that's potentially your fifth starter. And like, you can't ask for anything more than that. And I think he's coming into to the Red Sox truly without any pressure because you're sort of coming in here with like 
not expecting people weren't really expecting him to be as good as he is so maybe like with a little bit of pressure off and just going out there and just doing his thing and throwing and throwing well maybe that's maybe that's the key to it i i don't know i i feel like it's just been happening so much so far that uh i have to believe that it is real yeah i mean it seems like everything that's happening with the red sox rotation this year is just uh, just like a one notch up from last year. We're the same philosophy. Mm-hmm. We're going to get these guys um, that are the guys we bring in for the, for the year are going to mm-hmm. be on these short contracts, and we're just going to go out there and see what they do. And Waka has been better than um, Martin Perez, and uh, he's been better than. Uh, the guy in the Rangers now. I can't even remember his name. Thank God. Oh, yeah. Garrett Richards. Yeah, I knew it was Garrett something. Yeah, it's two Garretts. Yeah, but like this is the idea is that and like and then Pavetta stuck because Pavetta was just like that, but he stuck. And the idea is just keep throwing it at the wall. See what sticks. Absolutely. When it sticks, keep it there. So, um, it it would be it would be really great um uh, for me with waka more so than it is with anybody else mm-hmm. i just want to squeeze as much juice as i can um Absolutely. i i don't necessarily believe it long term but mm-hmm. i'm willing to suspend disbelief in a way i wasn't with either perez or richards like yeah. frankly i think i that, agree you know, Waka was, it's very simple. It's not overthinking it. Waka was on the Rays. Bloom is a Rays guy. He took Waka from the Rays. Very straight lines here. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a matter of, of which guy shows up. So, um, if we just run through the White Sox batting order, see what mm-hmm. we're dealing with. Oof. Yeah, it's a little tough. Um, That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, we have Tim Anderson, who is a who's very calm guy. Nothing ever happens to him that <laughs> makes headlines uh, across and leads to 250 messages in my uh, Dynasty League WhatsApp. Um, because look, we're gonna solve racism in there, Bailey. We're gonna do it. Okay. <laughs> All in that WhatsApp chat. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And we got Yon Moncada. I've never heard of that guy. It's, nah, he's not up. nothing to do with the Red Sox. Um, <laughs> Luis Robert, who's just he, he's got all the potential in the world. He's great. Jose Abreu, Abreu 2020 uh, American League MVP. Yeah. Yasmani Grandal, who just a professional hitter, just a just a yeah. just a just a great on base machine, just a machine. <laughs> Gavin Sheets. Quite good. Just a good. He's just a good player. He's just a good he player. Really is. So, so is AJ Pollock. Good player. Good player. And then you get Lurie Garcia, also a good mm-hmm. player. And then maybe maybe just a little bit off of the other ones. And then batting ninth, uh, you know, you have this guy who is Andrew Vaughn, who's one of the best college hitters of the last 10 years, yeah. who Tony LaRusa will not bat where he's supposed to bat him, which for the Red Sox is great. But, yes. um, Vaughn is a monster in the making. Um, 
I think I've made my thoughts clear. What are your thoughts about this lineup? I mean, yeah, I feel like, yeah, you really are talking about it because I, I do a, um, I do a podcast with my friend Crystal, who is a big White Sox fan, and she keeps going on and on about the the potential of Andrew Vaughn and the frustration of, yeah, like why are we batting Andrew Vaughn ninth? Like, just knowing that there's so much potential there. And the fact is that it's not even as if your lineup is that deep. It's a deep lineup, but it's something that you need to figure out how to move him up in this lineup. Again, for the Red Sox, don't do it in this series. Keep him there, hit nine. But, like, as things move forward, yeah, this is just a very, very deep lineup. I mean, in my opinion, they have the best catcher in baseball, and Yasmani Grandal, at least from a hitting standpoint. You know, he's not going to hit all of the home runs that, you know, some other catchers will. But, I mean, the man's on-base percentage is obscene. Like, he's going to have a high OPS. His WRC Plus is always going to be really, really solid. So this is just an absolutely beast of a lineup. Like, absolutely. So I really hope that our pitchers can, you know, be up for the task or, you know, maybe they're just not clicking everything yet. I would also love that too. But yeah, no, I mean, I don't really know that there's much more to say other than this being just like a lineup filled with incredible potential. You know, this is Connor Wong, Risher. If you say Yasmina <laughs> Grandal is the best beginning catcher in the league. Um, no, Sorry, I hear Connor. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. Um, yeah, I mean... I think it's a great timing for this series because pretty much the Red Sox are firing on all cylinders. Mm -hmm. And the Mariners are still an upstart team. Yes. Um, Their guys are not uh, going at full speed yet. This, and even though the White Sox are a game above 500, they're, again, they're in the same boat as the Red Sox. The talent is there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, th- so this will be a nice test of um, of the pitchers to be like, you know, this is like no disrespect except for a lot of disrespect to the AL East and <laughs> AL West. This is an AL East lineup. Like this is, mm-hmm. this is, if you get it done against these guys, you're 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 pitching this is luck isn't going to get you past this lineup so um so this this will be great to see um all right what is your prediction for the series yeah i put down two on red Sox, and my mvp i think xander bogarts is going to have a really solid um three games i think they're coming off of a high you know, they looked like they were just having a blast getting on the bus to then get on the plane. You know, they were dripped in all of their Celtic swag. Um, they were just getting good vibes going on to that bus that I think that they're going to carry it in. And I think they're going to have a really solid, solid series uh, against uh, a really great, you know, Chicago White Sox team. Like, uh, I don't care if, like, you know, Minnesota's leading the division right now, I think. It's going to all even out. The Chicago White Sox are going to win the American League Central. I think they're going to be one of the best teams in the league. And I think the Red Sox are also a pretty pretty darn good team, and I think they're going to have a really strong series. I think they're going to win another series, and I'm excited. I'm going to be a hater, and I'm going to say that the Sox are going to lose the first two and win the last one. Um, Cease and Giulio just scare the shit out of me. And look. Yeah, true. I mean, I get it. You, it, look, you, we could be the first inning into game one, and if Cease doesn't have it, things could change. 
Um, yeah. But again, and this, if anyone actually follows me on Over the Monster and follows, they will not be surprised that I'm a hater. This is what I do. <laughs> um, but I don't actually think that that would say much about the Red Sox long term. It is more that I think these teams are so in the same exact position where they're both ready to sort of take off that this particular team is one that I'm a little bit scared of at this very moment because they are ready to start pounding. And look, if the Red Sox win two of these games, I am starting to get excited. Um, yeah, it, absolutely. As long as they don't get swept, I'll be fine. But if they win two or three of these games, it's 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 really on. So um, that's where I'm at, and uh, I think that is it for us. So thank you for listening. Yeah, uh, we have great. some. Yes, it's great. It's great talking to you. We have never podcasted before, as I no, said to you. First time. As I said to you before the podcast, I am fairly certain this is the first Over the Monster podcast that is in New York and L.A. Now, yeah, mm-hmm. Boston, you can hate us. That's fine. Uh-huh. But we are in those places, and you know that we're special because of that. Um, Very true. Anyhow, we have other great pods in the Over the Monster Network. Matt and Brian, that's me, <laughs> are on Over the Monster pod, which I think we will do again. Matt and I have been trying to do it. We'll figure it out. Jake and Keaton, who are both my major frenemies, like both of those guys to a huge degree, um, have a red seat safe for you. Bob Osgood and someone, I love someone, will talk all things Red Sox minor leagues on the Red Sox on on Deck pod. You can find all of us at Over the Monster, where I do the um, weekly lineups. Bailey, what do you do? Yeah, so I just try to get back more into a little bit of the writing, but I will contribute right now to, um, you know, our roundtables. I just got to, you know, get myself back on the schedule. You know, Worksman's is kind of crazy. But, like, I mean, you can follow me at Fraulein89, you know, on there tweeting about baseball, you know, whenever I'm not working. So trying to tweet as much as I can. And then, of course, you can catch me here. Um, and I haven't do I'll have fun doing this. I also have a couple other podcasts. I'm on the Pesky Report. I have Soxy Chicks with my friend Crystal O'Keefe, so you can check us out there as well. And you can find me at Brian Joiner, Brian with a Y, Joiner with an I. Um, and that is it, folks. Enjoy the series. Let's hope for a sweep, and we will talk to you soon. <laughs>